0: Everybody, we are back in the Transfer Portal podcast presented by No Context Football. I got my boys Brian and Andrew. I am Adam. Fellas, big week, exciting week. We got national signing day today. Um, movement in the transfer portal. Jim Harbaugh finally made a decision. I don't know what he what he's been doing, but um how y'all doing today? I'm doing good. I'm still we're still national champs, so I'm
1: doing fantastic. <laughs> Um, I'm cool I think that's the best way to put it right now uh, National Sign Day was here That's kind of the most noteworthy thing uh, Little Bittersweet taste of uh, The whole Caleb Williams news But uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely touch on that in a bit
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and get right into that um, Caleb Williams announced That he is going to USC Which many people Thought he was going to do A month ago But he kind of stalled that out. Lord knows why. Was um, a little bit of thinking that he might go to Wisconsin. Andrew, uh, did you you get your hopes up for a little bit there?
1: You know, it's gotten to the point where it's like I just knew I was going to get my hopes up and I just expected it. Here's the number one rule of being a Wisconsin fan. It don't matter if you're a fan of the Packers. It don't matter if you're a a fan of the Brewers or the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks fans finally got their sweet taste last year, obviously. But I'd say in 95% of any – 95% of times where the good gets going in terms of being a Wisconsin fan, of just any team within that state, if it seems too good to be true, it it always is. It's just – the matter of it. I mean, Packers were the best team in the NFL regular season this year. And yeah, I don't even want to touch on that. uh Aaron Rodgers is anti vax, and people are talking more about him for that. Not saying that it's unwarranted, but to talk more about that than his actual MVP season, the fact that it's one of the most efficient seasons have been now, half the state wants him gone. And well, okay, now we're getting off topic here. But in terms of Caleb Williams, <laughs> His father was uh, – his father was uh, – I got I to look at the graph here. Some – there's this weird trend going on in, among Wisconsin fans on Twitter called UW-Anon, basically trying to connect all the dots possible as to how Caleb Williams has connections to Wisconsin. So this is what it is. One of Caleb Williams's old teammates from high school is Dean Engram. He's been a cornerback now for three years. He's played the most snaps among any secondary player for Wisconsin going into the next season. They just moved him to wide receiver. So how coincidentally that somebody who caught passes from Caleb Williams in high school is all of a sudden getting moved to wide receiver. I feel like that was just a Hail Mary move. I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams already made his decision up to this point. And Dean Engram's. Father was actually a wide receivers coach for uh, for Paul Chris when he was the head coach at Pitts. This is obviously going way out of hand. But however, this is where the fun part does come in. Caleb Williams and his father are actually really good friends with Russell Wilson. And who did Russell Wilson play under? Paul Chris at Wisconsin when Paul Chris was a offensive coordinator in 2011. So you've already got a teammate, a former teammate from high school at Wisconsin your teammate's father has been a receivers coach for Paul Chris for a real long time or a long time ago. Kayla Williams and his father are friends with Russell Wilson who played under Chris. It honestly just seemed to be dream scenario. I mean, that is honestly stretching it so far to, to the point. I mean, stretching it more than a wrestling ring rope. I mean, That's just Wisconsin fans just trying to get their hopes up. And let's just go ahead and let's just be honest. I mean, are you going to go play for the coach that recruited you out of high school? Or are you going to go ahead and take a shot at a school that's, let's just be honest, it's way out of the way for everybody else. You're going to be playing in that 20 to 30 degree weather during that November period. It's obvious he wanted to go play for Lincoln, I'm sure he liked Madison as a campus. I'm sure he liked Paul Chris. I'm sure he knew Paul Chris better than most people would have thought. It's not surprising and I think I've gotten I think I'm used to it. You know, when Grammerz was the number 2 quarterback in his class and we're seeing this out of him over the last two seasons, it's truthfully like I said, too good to be true. And let's go ahead. Let's let's just be honest with, with what it came down to. It came down to NIO. I'm sorry. I love my state. I love my, I love the town of Madison. I really do. It's one of my favorite places to ever be. It's not the town you want to go to for NIL. All right. You've got USC over there. USC is one of the biggest movie universities among film productions in the country. He's got, he's going to have windows and windows and windows of opportunity over there. As much as I love my city, I don't know what he's doing for an NIL deal over there. Are you gonna go out there and be a spokesman for a Brock Company or the Miller light Brewery? Or What's the name of that
0: uh, Wisconsin beer?
1: Uh, Spotty Cow.
0: Spotty Cow. Yeah, yeah. He uh, good. he 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 would
1: uh, he would definitely get in some really good money for them. I mean, that's for sure. But in all seriousness, it's like. The, the fit would have been really weird. It's not an off. It would not have been an offense where I feel like he'd be comfortable with. I think he wants to spread the ball a little bit, even though that was not his strong point last year. He was obviously better known as a runner, as a dual threat guy. Uh, and I do think he wants to pass the ball more. And right now with Braylon Allen, with the, with the, with the, with the season that he had last year at 17 years old, already being named all big 10, he's going to get the load even more this upcoming season and right now, Wisconsin—they're losing three. They're losing their top three wide receivers, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, the, maybe it's just their top two. But their leading receiver, one in next season, I would not be surprised if he only had like 200 yards receiving from all last year. So he's obviously going to be working with a. He would be re, working with a really young receiving core. He's not going to be the number one guy on that offense as much as we'd love to believe. You know that he would be. It's not true. The one thing that I think where he may have made that mistake in terms of choosing USC over Wisconsin is I feel like there is more security in the team in terms of Wisconsin had the number one defense last year in the country in terms of stats of rushing, total rushing, total yards. Uh, they were among top 10 in passing. So you knew he was going to get a better defense than in terms of what he had in Oklahoma, but I'm just saying, let's be honest, USC was clear-cut. He's going to the coach he's recruited by. He's going to be in the offense that he already knows. It was pure speculation. I should have learned my lesson. I should have known this lesson many times, but it's true. And quite frankly, I mean, it hurts to say it, but he made the right choice. It was the right choice for him. It's it's in terms of the NIL, in terms of familiarity with the offense, in terms of familiarity with – personnel and the fact that usc has absolutely killed the transfer portal even though leakin riley said some pretty stupid things earlier today in in regards to that and the fact that their recruiting classes have been absolutely bolstered yeah he he made the right choice and you know fair, you know go for it for him it's going to be a pretty wide open back 12 next year and yeah he made the right choice i can't blame him
0: yeah I, i agree i'm i'm I never really thought he was going to Wisconsin, um, but I'm happy that he's at USC because I think he's going to be he's going to be expected to win there. And he kind of bet on kind of bet on himself. If if USC plays bad, he's going to be blamed for it because um, he's the quarterback. But if they play well, he's going to, you know, keep all the praise. So I, I hope he does well. I'm happy to get him out of the Big 12. I, I was not looking forward to my long horse playing against him for two more years. So happy for that. But I was talking with some buddies. Do y'all think that makes USC the favorite in the Pac-12?
2: I think it does. Um, So maybe I think that, so for USC, obviously they got a lot of big uh, people back. They got a lot of transfers in Uh, Mario Williams as well from Oklahoma. So they're going to have that connection. Um, And obviously I think the, you know, it's not really sort of a rebuild because you kind of have the same system in place. So it's basically going to be the same Lincoln Riley offense. The quarterback knows the offense, the receiver knows that offense. Um, so I think it's, they're, they're going to get off their feet quick. I don't really see anybody else in the Pac-12 that, that could really, maybe Utah, um, you know, I know Oregon, they're going to, they're kind of dealing with their transition period with Dan Lanning, you know, and I, I, as a Georgia guy, I love Dan Landing. I, I think he's going to be do very well, but he's never been a head coach before. He's never had to uh, have his whole, a whole team around him. Um, he has never had to, you know, d- command a whole team. Lincoln Riley has done that very successfully. Uh, so um, I do think that USC is the favorite uh, in the Pac-12. Um, I just. Obviously, we won't know until, you know, we have to see what the product in the field looks like. Uh, but I think they're in good position to be very in contention at least um, or be the favorite in the Pac-12 for sure. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I don't know if they're good enough to make a playoff spot. But I think they could, you know, win enough games to win the Pac-12. Yeah,
0: I was trying, trying to decide between them and Utah. Like you said, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a lot of new pieces and they all have to mesh well together. I feel like Utah's still bringing back a lot of um, keepies from last year. I thought they were a really good team last year. Played Ohio State marvelously. I, I love that whole Utah team and and what they're doing. So um, I see a lot of people already, like, giving USC the Pac-12 title, and I don't think that Utah's that far off for them. I don't know. So we do.
1: We, I think we do need to focus on a couple things here because I'm looking at the current uh, – recruiting rankings among among teams right now in terms of for the 2022 usc is actually currently 10th in the Pac 12 in terms of recruiting but if you, 10th like, in the pack 12 10th in the pack 12 but this is 2022 remember these 2022 guys they haven't been recruited by lincoln they're not you know they, they do have a five-star. It's just a matter of amount of recruits. They only have eight commits for the 2022 class as of right now. That's why they're so far behind. But if you go into the 2023 – I'm going off 24-7, by the way. If you go to 2023, they're fifth in the country. So now you know that we're going to have these upcoming seniors in high school, that these are the guys that are going to be buying into Lincoln-Riley. Uh, this is the team that's going to be – you know, Caleb is still going to have at least two years – you know, at USC, he's got this year minimum, and then he's got the next year. So we'll see how these players, they build into Caleb Williams on terms that they have, you know, faith in how he's going to build them. And you look, USC, look, this is just high school recruits. Let's not, you know, I think USC is like among top two or three in the country right now, in terms of the transfer portal rankings, in terms of who they brought in, they were top five, even before the Caleb Williams signing, as far as I'm, as far as I knew. So this is where I, this is where I'm going to the season where, if I was a number cruncher in terms of creating odds in Vegas, I'd probably give USC a plus two fifty chance to win the Pac-12. Uh, now it's kind of what you're saying about like, okay, how do the pieces mesh well together? I'm still taking Utah to win the Pac-12 next year right now, only because you know Winningham is among the best coaches in the game. In the game, it's you know, there's no reason why. Utah of all teams should be winning the way that they have been. They've absolutely decimated Oregon twice this past season. They're gonna be bringing back a lot of guys. We should really feel good about Utah and Utah and USC are in the same. They're in the same division in the in the Pac-12 South. So I do think it will be one of those two teams to to emerge from that division next season. I think it'll be Utah just because they do have a little bit more stability. They're gonna have more familiar faces. Uh, you know. And, look, Lincoln Riley is a great coach, even though I love to, to to rub it in people's faces that he's never won a playoff game. But uh, I, I'm still going to give the slight edge to Utah to win the Pac-12. But it's going to be a bit similar thing what I said about Texas a and though. 2022, don't expect too much, but I think come 2023 to your 2025, I think this is where you can start asking yourself the question of, like, okay, is USC back back? Uh, is this the USC that could potentially make the playoff? Because among the big blue blood programs that have yet to make the playoff, they're among the most scrutinized teams to not get it. And we really feel like that they should have. I mean, they've won a Rose Bowl since the playoff era started.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, what? I, I think college football is better when USC is is elite. I mean, they, they're a huge draw, obviously, is Hollywood. I think you. Are, I always say that USC, Miami, and Texas, when they're when they're at their top level that they can be college footballs, just, just it's just more fun to watch because you just you know everybody. It's kind of like the Cowboys. Everybody wants to see them lose, and when they do, it's a good time. <laughs> it's
2: it's cra- it's funny though because you know like Andrew talked about it. Uh, USC is sixty fifth ranked uh, in recruits for the twenty twenty two cycle. Um, if you were to in, in include transfers into that class, the 2022 class, they jump up to 10th. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, they definitely put a lot of chips on the transfer portal and, and the tra- which w- to Andrew's point, it doesn't make sense to what Lincoln Riley said earlier with that, that, that the transfer portal is bad for football or whatever the case, or he said that he needs to change. Um, I mean, you know, uh, he's probably been benefited the most. At least this cycle, um, when it comes to when it comes to the transfer portal, but yeah, so they'll be really good. Uh, my last point, yeah, they'll be really good. I, I think you know Utah, they have more of a of a, you know, they have more experience together. They're kind of more of a complete team based on what they've done the last couple of years. And USC is more of a rebuild, but like I said, I think it'll be a quick rebuild, and they're they'll definitely compete this year for sure.
1: I think USC is not a program that rebuilds, you know, they're not a, they're not a program that you have to build up. They're a program where you need to sell the name and you need to sell. Basically you it's, I, I really hate to, it's, it's really cliche because we see it a lot with like Miami and I know you're not going to like this, but Texas, but honestly it's one of those programs where you have to sell it based on its history rather than, you know, over the, over the next couple of years. Now it's that, that changes for Texas now with, with them going to the SEC, but in terms of USC, is a program that you would hope that you could just build up with a decent recruiting class to just start and with the luxury of the transfer portal should open up more doors for them and landing a star stud a higher let's be honest if you were to legitimately name who was the last great head coach for USC it's not Sark. It, it, you know it's not sarkesian it's not Holy Pete Carroll I mean, look, and you know, I Lane Kiffin's also a weird situation. You know, I felt like when Lane Kiffin got let go from USC, you know, th- this was a little bit after the, you know, the the sanctions, and you know, remember back in twenty eleven when they when they got hit with the bull ban, and then in twenty twelve they got all that hype. But I think USC is one of those programs where. It really should be a quick fix. You know, it's Hollywood. You gotta set you gotta sell people to move to to move to LA. And and I and I do think that they're on that right track. I think 2022, I, I it does irk me a little bit to see people make jokes about Texas and some of these other programs that are rebuilding and they get clowned for going seven, five, six, six or whatever the case may be. I think USC is gonna go into an eight and four season this upcoming season, and they're gonna get clowned for it because you got Kayla wins and you got Lincoln Riley, but I think come that 2023 season, uh, I would, I would expect them to see 11 or one, maybe 10, two and a potential, you know, new year's six bit at that point.
0: Yeah, I agree. I can definitely see that. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if they do hit the ground running because they do have, you know, Caleb Williams has played Mario Williams. He, um he wasn't the, the standout at Oklahoma, but he still has, you know. But he's he probably going some. to be
1: the most talented receiver in that in that in that in that room once he gets there, though. Yeah, especially with, for especially, sure. with especially with Drake London coming going into the Santa Fe draft.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see them play. I I agree with you. though. I think Utah is still a favorite in my eyes, though.
1: Now let's talk about something else here that I think we're just about to go into. What kind of sick game was Jim Harbaugh trying to play here? (laughs) Why? I I just want to know, like. I,
0: I think he was chasing the bag.
1: Who said, oh, my God, in the background? That's what I want to know. Oh, sorry.
0: My roommate's playing. 2K. Of
1: oh, course. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. That, that, that's, that's, great. that's great out of context content right there. But uh
2: that was that was perfectly timed too.
1: That was that was awesome. But uh yeah. in all seriousness, but like this is either like I know Harbaugh's probably is in the bag. I but mean, he has well, to be, right?
0: Like I feel like he was trying to show Michigan he, like I got options.
1: But, like, here's the thing. He's got options, but he's also decided to probably screw over his recruiting class. I mean, that's above how many recruits he had that were thinking about going to Michigan on National Signing Day. They see he's going to freaking – going to the NFL, you know, possibly going to the NFL. And then, like, all of a sudden, he got hit with the uncertainty of, like, "Ah, crap. Guess what? The guy who's recruiting me is not going to stay there. Now he's probably looking at a second option. I mean, all power to him at this point. But it's like if you did this a couple weeks ago, I think it would make sense. But now, like this is the worst timing I think I've ever seen.
0: Do we know how far Michigan fell? I didn't I didn't see where they were before like all this happened.
1: I'm gonna look it up right now.
0: But yeah, uh, I think it,
1: I think at, at this
2: point now, you kind of you you know. It was either leave. Like, if you were gonna go, if you're gonna spend the this national signing day at an interview for an NFL team, like you should have just left. Like at that point, you know, you kind of you dug your own grave there to like to, you know, to try to to try to dig out of it. But uh, I, I mean, and it also didn't make sense to me because you, so you you've been building this program for years and you 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 haven't been able to get over the hump. You've been Brian, you I hate to do this, to but
1: to... your mic is absolutely killing right now.
0: Damn it. Hold on.
1: <laughs> okay, Adam, this is just you and me until he figures this thing out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand what he was saying, though. Like, Michigan was. They were doing great in the recruiting and stuff. And then he, all this stuff happens. And I don't know how far they failed, but it had to hurt. Like, they were
1: they, they, they I just looked it up. They only fell down to ninth.
0: They only fell down to ninth. So, I mean, okay, I Okay, so
1: one end of the world. And I, and I think they were around yeah. that seventh or sixth spot before. So... Okay, fair play. Probably didn't hurt them too much, but you know, I just love it how we just got two completely out of context moments right here. First, we got your roommate playing 2K, and now we got Brian <laughs> trying to fix his mic over here. This is, you know, this is honest. You know, maybe come like listening to it. This probably don't make much sense, but we're gonna have so many great YouTube moments right here. That this is obvious. Unscripted.
0: That's but no, that's
1: uh, that's worse. Uh, fix it again.
0: <laughs> uh I thought he was going to the Raiders, though. I thought Honestly. he was.
1: Well, I mean, part of me thought he was going to go to the Dolphins. But let's be honest. If you've kept up with anything, I don't think anybody wants to go to the Dolphins now. Yeah. But- Iron- ironically enough, you owner Stephen M. Ross. You you um uh, Michigan alum over there too.
0: Yeah, Dolphins um, thing I, I never really bought, but I remember we were talking about it. What was it like three weeks ago? And I was one hundred percent. He was but going to I, you know
1: now that we now we now we now that we said it because guess what I was here for that too. Remember were. We, we were discussing like okay where the hell is Jim Harbaugh going? I said it right then and there. I'm going to clip it. As soon as we get done here, Brian, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but something is absolutely squirting over there. (laughs) I couldn't use a better word. But anyways, uh, but I was there. I was there. Remember that. I said that Jim Harbaugh was coming back.
0: You did. You did.
1: Did? Did I not say that?
0: (laughs) I didn't believe it. I I I'll give you this one. You you got it. You got that one. But I mean the the way he went about it is is is, is, is I mean it's Jim Harbaugh, so it's expected. But Brian, how's that mic coming? I don't
2: know. How does it sound? We're
0: back. We're back. <laughs> Just like Texas. I, and that, he's wait, back.
2: Now, now I can't hear y'all. What the hell is
1: going on? Oh no. Hold on. no. Oh great! All can right, hear Brent, me? Uh, yeah, we can hear you. hear you. I can't hear y'all now. Oh crap! I give up. <laughs> just, just uh, I'll go. I guess me and I will just continue on here, and uh, you can imply all your thoughts in a very nice and respectable manner. As soon as you get this fixed, but anyways, is just... it is it so is this so bad? No, you sound great. Can you hear us now, though?
2: I can hear you. Do y'all hear me? Yes. We told you. But like, how long... huh? So, but, but the thing is, how long is this gonna last? Because it lasts, and then it goes away.
1: I don't know. We're getting great content out of this, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is li- live. This is this is this what happens when you're live.
0: Just like Jim Harbaugh. We're going back and forth. We'll figure it out. Yeah.
2: Um, let me get my point across before I lose this this thing again. Uh, you know, like I was like, like I was saying, you built this great program and you finally get some success. You beat Ohio State for the first time. You win the pack you win the the big 10 for the first time you make the playoffs and then you just, and then at that, then that's the the decision you make to leave. Like it just didn't make sense to me. I'm um, sure they did get, you know, they did get their ass kicked by Georgia, which, you know, you guys, I mean, Georgia beat the crap out of everybody uh, this past year. So it's not really a, a, a fault of theirs. Um, I don't know if that showed how big the gap was between, you know, a championship caliber team and Michigan, uh, but we can go down the line of the college football playoff, how many teams have been, you know, pretty much blown out in the semifinal. But uh, I think that, you know, you can build from that and, and and build a really strong team and compete in the college football playoff moving forward. So it just didn't make sense for him to leave. Uh, and then the timing of it all is just, it just it's, just, it's just, it's just, just a messy. So um, it's, it's you know, like that he, he chose to stay. And it, and it sounds according to the reports that he's, committed to Michigan and he's not going to be interviewing every year which you know we'll see how we one thing we' know about coaches is that they're liars uh so um i i don't expect that to be the truth at all I think he'll be in the NFL before you know i think i, I would bet tomorrow that he'll he'll by, the, by 2025 he'll be in the NFL um so anyway yeah uh it just doesn't make sense but He's going to stay at Michigan, and hopefully, he can he can continue building on that program because I think that kind of with kind of with similar USC, you know, the college football is better when Michigan is good, in my opinion. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see what ha- see how ha- what happens with them.
1: I see that's a little bit different, though. I I don't think I think the difference between like Michigan being better and like USC and Texas whenever we have this discussion. Yes, I agree that it's better when Texas and USC are better. I will say this. But in terms of Texas's, I mean, uh, Michigan's perspective, I think this might sound a little bit – this might sound a little ironic. I think it's – I think for college football is better when uh, when there's actually a parity between Ohio State and Michigan, this makes sense. I actually believe that it's more important that they – that those two actually have fight back-to-back. Because we talk about rivalries that are just – so one-sided that they just don't seem, you know, special anymore. There were times whenever we woke up to Michigan and Ohio State and we just thought of it as, well, this is this is Michigan's annual ass whooping. I mean, that's kind of just the way we viewed it for a real long time. In terms of Michigan and, uh, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, they're both college football blue bloods as far as I'm concerned. I just think it's better whenever those two are fighting each other consistently in and out every season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think that I think you'll see that if he stays, if um, if he leaves, which I agree with Brian, I think I don't don't see him staying for that long. You don't you don't have your best season at Michigan and then go through all this if you're not thinking about leaving soon, in my opinion. But we'll see. You know, um, it's, it's Michigan, though. And Ohio State's they're they're, they're going to be good next year, so. Right, so let's go into this.
1: Let's go into this national signing day. Yes, I know you're feeling good about it. Of
0: all people, me? Yes.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Te- Texas I am. is locked up in the in the top five spot.
0: Texas, we dig in top five. It's not necessarily being in the top five. It's who we're the personnel we're getting. I love what they're doing. Um, major problem. Two major problems for Texas last year was quarterback, offensive line. Got the quarterback, and we fixed the offensive line through this recruiting class. Um, we got a lot of bullies in there. Uh, I'm 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 ready. I'm ready. They're young though, and our offensive line last year was young, and that didn't really work out. But we got a lot of competition. Um, I'm excited. It, it was. I'm still a little bit salty how good Texas A&M did. Um, just because I just don't like them, but
1: of course you don't. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of I can't beginning. complain
0: how we're how, how we're doing. We, uh,
1: how how does it make you feel that Texas finally does something elite, and Texas a and still does it better?
0: I'm see it. <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm a little salty, but but if we have a better record than them, then it doesn't matter. So I just need us uh, to have a better record than Texas a That's it.
1: Is that guaranteed though? Uh, No. I'm just trying to to piss you off at this point, to be honest.
0: You You can't make me mad because Texas is back. I don't care what y'all say. Texas is back.
1: That guy that we spoke to earlier, he disagreed.
0: We don't talk about him. We don't talk about our haters.
1: You know, it's kind of one thing that I do find kind of weird is Harold Perkins. He was a top five, uh, top ten recruit in the country. Uh, committed to Texas A&M only a matter of weeks ago. Now, Lauren, who is obviously the Texas A&M of our group, says that he never molded well with the other A&M, you know, commits. He never fit in with what they wanted to do. So he decommits and goes to LSU. By the way, I don't care what anybody says. If I was a five-star recruit and Brian Kelly wants to be in my hype video, <laughs> I am I am I'll 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 legit go to Texas or Texas a m or Alabama just to spite him.
0: Well, he went to Alabama. You saw yeah, it, right? yeah,
1: yeah. The tight, yeah, the tight end went to <laughs> went to Alabama. I will say this: even though Brian Kelly landed a top ten recruit and arguably the best uh, linebacker in the country in Harold Perkins, there just has to be that little bit of embarrassment that he did that for the cameras. <laughs> and the players still ditched him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think getting Perkins really saved LSU's recruiting class because they lost two of their guys. Um, Who's Matthews went to A and M. Yep. And I, 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 don't know how. I don't there,
1: there was a uh, there was that uh, Le'Veon something. He was the running yeah. back. He was the he was the running back in Baton Rouge, and and ended up deciding to go to A and M.
0: Yeah, they lost two of their guys. And then they pulled one from Texas, so kind of saved their recruiting class, in my opinion. And then that whole Brian Kelly dancing thing, and he goes to Alabama. I mean, the memes just write themselves at that point.
1: No, they really do. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, it's – it. Oh, I just want to know, how the hell does Brian Kelly do what he do? Le'Veon Moss, that was the guy's name, by the way. Yeah. But uh, how the hell does – you know, LSU just must be paying him so much money, where he doesn't even have to care about shame anymore. I think I. That, I mean, that's just an Elon Musk mentality at this point.
0: I think he's he's just trying to fit in, and he's not being himself, and it shows. It's very cringy. I,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, look, look, shout out LSU, like they've, they've still dominated the portal. I think they have a top three class in terms of just the mm. portal. They still have a top 15 class in the country. I think they're number 12 right now. So they're still getting guys. They're still getting, you know, LSU is still LSU. No matter, no matter who the coach is over there, LSU has tremendous football facilities over there. Baton Rouge is a great town, even though it sucked when me and Brian had to drive through it multiple times, but it, it's, it's a great
0: if you great if you go to an LSU game. I've been to
1: one. Yeah, I, and you know, I guarantee it. I mean, it, I, I'll be honest with you. Purple and gold is one of the best. You know, it's it's one of the most polarizing views that you get whenever you go through that. Whenever you go through Baton Rouge and you cross the Mississippi. Look, LSU is a great program, and I'm not saying that Brian Kelly's going to run into the ground. I don't think it's that at all. I just don't think it's going to be you know the powerhouse that Saban had for a while or the you know, 10-2 stability that Les Miles had for a real long time or national change of glory that Coach O, of all people, was able to lead to. They're probably never going to have a Joe Burrow, the way that he dominated the game back then. Shout out Joe Burrow, future Super Bowl MVP, by the way. Um, it, LSU is just in a – you know, we spoke about it a couple weeks ago. LSU is just in a really weird spot where it just seems so, you know – Drown in mystery where we legitimately don't know how good LSU is going to be within two years. They're either going to be stuck in purgatory at seven, five, eight, four, maybe as low as six, six, or they could easily just be college playoff, you know, college playoff talk. I legitimately don't know where they're going to go from here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. But um, hopefully Brian's mic is working because I know Georgia had what they had Kirby Smart's hit. I saw that it was his second best recruiting class of all time or something like that.
2: Uh, yeah, it was It was really good. Um, and it was, it was crazy though, it was really good, but it was still the only third best this year. Um, and he's had two number one recruiting classes, you know, in previous years. And this was his second best of all time, and it's only, um, and it's only ranked number three this year. So that's how good. AM's is and even Alabama's is. Um, I just think it also but, yeah. shows like
1: just how top heavy this. I just don't know why. It just feels like this specific recruiting class, and I'm just talking, you know, among all recruits in the country, it just feels so overpowered right now. Where I look at the quarterbacks that are in there, like, you know, uh, Walker Howard going to LSU, Connor Weidman going to Texas AM, Kate Klubnik going to. Clemson to an extent. And honestly, I'll even throw in Quinn Ewers because let's be honest, he was supposed to be a 2022 class. Just graduate early, just got the extra experience at Ohio State. This just feels like such a top-heavy recruiting class. Where I think even though AM had the best on paper and then they had the best in recruiting class, I think any I think any team in the top five could easily emerge as a true number one within the next two to three years. Yeah, so. Yeah, so- Oh, crap, like, Ryan! Like, what well, are you going to do it again? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to get it this
1: fixed. How does that sound? Eh. You want the brutally honest answer, or do you want me to sugarcoat it?
2: I'm just gonna go ahead and. Oh wait! Oh
1: no! 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 Go back! Go back! Go back!
2: What?
1: It sounds good now.
2: It's I I it's unplugged.
1: Oh well, then just do the rest of the podcast this way. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm just gonna do that. But I don't like the way it sounds because it sounds like it's not clear sound.
1: Whatever. Do you, do you care about how it sounds for you? Do you care about how it sounds for our audience? Who do you care more about yourself or the audience?
2: Fair. Well, I mean, I would <laughs> like I would like it to be sound very ooh. Just what the whole purpose why I got a mic in the first place. That's but, true. Um. So. Anyway, so what I was gonna say was uh, in 2020. You know, like we talked about, Georgia had the number one recruiting class, and they, their cumulative score was uh, 313.16, right? Uh, this year, the 22 class, 3, they would if they had a 313 class, they would be ranked number four. Uh, Texas A&M has a 330.61 cumulative uh, recruiting score. Alabama, 322.29, and Nigeria 316.91. So like I said, yeah, like Andrew said, it's very top-heavy. I mean, there's a lot of talent, you know, very, very top-heavy talent out there that, that went to A&M, Alabama, and Georgia. But, um, you know, just, you know, you know, Texas A&M has seven five-stars and 19 four-stars. That is ridiculous. Um, Alabama has four five-stars and 18 four-stars, uh, four and then Georgia has five five-stars um, and 15, four stars. So, um, very top heavy, you know, talent, uh, among the top four or five, you know, and Texas is still there at number five, I, I, Ohio state there at number four. So, you know, your typical, you have your typical suspects, um, you know, so, and one thing I want to mention though, cause we haven't really talked about it. Uh, Clemson is number 11. Uh, and, you know. We, during the peak Clemson era with, with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, you know, from what, 2016 to 2019, they they were top two or three almost every year. Um, and now they're number 11th. So I don't know what that says about Clemson. If they're, if they're washed up or are they, are they done? Are they not going to be Clemson as they used to be? Well, um, that ch- kind of concerns me a little bit. I mean, not, not as a, as a Clemson fan that would concern me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I
1: don't know. I will say this. I wonder what their rank would be if you took out Kate Klubnik, who is actually the number one rated pocket passer in the country right now. And he's, and I think if you go off 24 7, I think he's like a top 10 player right now as a stand, something along those lines. If you took out a top 10 player out of that Clemson class, where would they drop to? Like maybe like a 15 or so, maybe even a potentially lower than that. And I would not be surprised, like for as you know. Clemson's going into next season with a new coordinator. You know, I don't know if a jury is out on Davos Sweeney right now. I mean, I know a lot of people would like to think that way. I don't think it's truly that severe. But in terms of right now with what's the case in Clemson, Kate Clemson, you know, state champion, Westlake High School, I don't think he's going to be in Clemson in two to three years. I'm just saying that wholeheartedly just because – I don't know if I have much confidence with where this Clemson class is going. I don't know where I trust the Clemson future, uh, you know, Dabo lost two assistants that have been loyal to him for a real long time. Why are they leaving Clemson now? And why didn't they leave right after they won, you know, the, 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 the championship in 2016 or uh, 2018 it was, you know, why now, why is it all of a sudden now that Clemson had a down year, even though they still finished what, like, 10 3 or something like that. And yeah. they and they're all of a sudden leaving now. Like this was the least impressive Clemson offense I've seen in a real time. And he still got a head coaching gig. Uh Mark Venables, yo, know, Clemson's defense was still really good this year, and he got the Oklahoma job. And DJ UI Dabo was so high on him when he was coming out of high school. I and he's still gonna have two years of eligibility. Well, he's not going to the NFL draft this season but i don't see him benching dj even if he has another season like he did this after he did this last season so i think kade's out and if you take Kate out how good is this Clemson class really is
2: yeah yeah it's not it's not it's not very good um
1: for clemson you know, standards it's not very good let's yeah, be honest. exactly
2: exactly yeah i mean an 11 an 11 ranked class is great for any i mean for any other program but a team like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, you don't, an 11th ranked class is not good. Um, there's something wrong there. And I think like you, to your point, I think they, they see the writing, the writing is on the wall. Maybe the ship is sinking. And you know, those coaches just, uh, they, they decided to jump ship as soon as they, they noticed that it was, it wasn't, um, it wasn't smooth sailing anymore, which, you know, it happens, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, North Carolina, what North Carolina has been doing. Um, they're ranked, they're, they're ranked number 10, I think. Uh, um, yeah. They were six and six 10. this season. Yeah. And they're ranked, they have a better ranking than
0: that's than a Mac Brown.
2: Um, you know, you know, we saw what, what, what Wake Forest has done, uh, the last couple of years with, with Sam Hartman, um, you know, they, they went to the ACC championship game. So yeah, well, the, it's definitely going to be interesting. What, what Clemson, what happens to Clemson, um, moving forward. Um, so and, and my, my last point on recruiting that I want to make, too, is is I know there's a lot of high expectation, maybe with a, even in, with A&M or, or any of these programs. Um, and I wouldn't judge this class now. I would judge this class for three or four years from now. And, for example, with Georgia, you know, they won, the, they won the, the championship this year. Their first number one recruiting class was in 2018. So which would be senior who were seniors this last year. Um so you know that just goes to show the, the progression that, that it takes a class unless you're Alabama. Who pre, I think I think they, there was a stat that every class, every recruiting class since 2009 has won a championship uh, at Alabama. So um, which is ridiculous, but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Actually, no, I would even go even go before that. I think that because there were seniors in that 2019, there were so a class of 2007. Every class since then has won a championship. So, yeah, um, I would give them time. I think we need to – Texas a Name is going to be very, very good, but I don't want to say that they're going to win a champion. They're, – they're going to win a, a national championship, you know, in a year or two. I think the window was four years, and if it doesn't happen in four years, and then then there are going to be a lot of discussions to be made at that point.
1: I mean, then again, I mean, we can't have that – while, yes, I do agree, you know, we can't have those discussions for a set amount of time also for those – three to four years also you know because let's just go ahead let's just be i just think anybody who calls out jimbo fisher this next season saying some stupid things such as you had the number one classes last year or this this past spring why the hell are you not winning now well first of all morons it's your true freshman class that you're talking about right here that's the one thing you know, they, yes, they went aim for this last season. That seems a disappointment, but did we forget that they won an orange bowl the season before? And, you know, they could have, maybe should have made the playoff over Notre Dame that season. Also, you know, let's not act like the Jimbo is not winning. Okay. I think the trend is actually going up for Jimbo, even with this aim four season, you also got to look at the quarterback options he's had this last season. I mean, when you got to try out, Zach Calzada, Thank God he's gone to Auburn now. But just having him at quarterback alone should already signify the fact that they struggled. And if you go to the beginning of the of last season, they were still trying to fit in four brand-new offensive linemen into what they lost from the previous season. They're going to – now, look even with Kenyon Green going to the NFL draft this, this, uh, this upcoming spring, there's still going to be a lot of those faces coming back for AM. So, guys, just give it time. They still got loads of good talent right now. They're going to have an absolute loaded quarterback room next year once you add on Haynes King, who was a top five player at at dual threat a couple years ago. You're going to get Max Johnson brought in from LSU. Well, just come on, guys. Let's not draw up conclusions in in, in freaking February. Yeah,
2: no, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely a victim of that Um, in a good way, though. That's why. I, I have to remind myself that these are freshmen. These are young guys. It's gonna take time. I know. I say Texas is back, but I mean, like, the, they're freshmen. It takes even, even a lot of unproven talent. We talked about it with USC as well. Rome wasn't built in a day. Are you still
1: are you still gonna say Texas back if they go six and six and play and only play in the Texas Bowl? We're
0: not going six and six, so I'm not even worried about that. We starting out.
1: Y'all go five seven instead.
0: No, nah, we're gonna start at, at least four. We're
1: gonna beat Alabama.
0: We are. We got them.
1: You gonna go to
2: that game? I actually wanna go to that game.
0: Of course, I have to. I have to. That's gonna be a pricey ticket to get into. I'll figure it out. I got time.
1: Yeah, just...
2: Watch them. Watch them <laughs> beat Alabama, but lose to UTSA.
0: That's see. That's something Texas would do. Texas is known for playing to the level of their opponents. You know, cool. I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure we gave LSU when they ran through everybody. Their best game. Um, you,
1: you know what you really got to yeah. do, though. Highly doubt you'll do it, but just just something to consider. And I and I might as well say this with Brian here. UH opens the season next season at UTSA. Oh, they do. They do.
0: That's a revenge game. Yeah,
1: from twenty thirteen. Yeah, I'll, I I kind of want to go to that. I am going to that. I will go to that. It's in Houston. San Antonio.
2: Oh, they're playing. He, oh, okay.
1: Hell, Oh, hell yeah. I'm down. Adam, you might have
0: to do what I did. And we're
2: going to storm the field when they win. When
0: <laughs> No, UH plays, I um, mean, UT plays Alabama week two. Oh,
1: week two. Then yeah, go to the both yeah. games then. I mean, I know they're both long drives from Dallas, but you might as well go to both.
0: I can. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Hell. I can meet All
1: y'all
0: right. up there.
1: Are are we just going to go ahead and just plan this now? I mean, it's (laughs) It's February. we still got so much to go.
0: The preview show, show, UH versus UTSA (laughs) to end it off. Okay, let's do it. (laughs)
1: But we're we're sitting next to the UH band, that's for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. This crowd's going to be wild anyways. We can see. You you wouldn't even hear the band.
1: He's gonna he's gonna hear he's gonna hear the womp wom once and he's gonna think we're a cult. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's Womp womp is It's pretty elite. I've been to a lot of college stadiums.
1: The womp womp is so good when it is like it's honestly one of my favorite things to do whenever the entire U UH, if the entire UH crowd gets into it, it's yeah. awesome. It really is. You go to
0: LSU and they play neck though, that's next level.
2: I do have one question before we before we get out of here. Is so was thinking to myself this and i was like how how much does this championship hold water for the next couple of years like like how long does it like how much is this championship worth so if if georgia doesn't win a championship for you know like how they went 41 years without winning a championship right how much do you hold on to a championship where it's like "Ah, it's okay like we won a championship right so how long for y'all like if texas wins a natty this year or if wisconsin wins a natty how long does that hold water uh, or hold weight until you're like, okay, yeah, like, all right, we need another one?
1: Uh, for mm-hmm. me, personally, I'd probably be set for life, to be honest with you. Just <laughs> – and the reason why I say that is because Wisconsin's not – I mean, I'm I mean it pains me to somewhat say this, but Wisconsin's a team that's not supposed to make the playoff. They're not supposed to. They're, they're legitimately not supposed to win national championships. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a way of – Wisconsin never recruits at the level that Ohio State or Michigan does. Uh, they they can beat Michigan, you know. I'd say fifty percent of the time whenever they play each other, that's kind of been the theme of the last couple of years. Ohio State's always been the monkey. It, that, that's that's the thing. The monkey on the back is the biggest thing that's important right now. Because and that's the way I view it from for Georgia's perspective. For Georgia's perspective, you got the monkey off your back that you finally beat Nick Saban, that you finally beat Alabama. And it's one of those feelings that, in my honest opinion, you know, you may have a different thought on this, but if you do it once, you should be like, fuck it, I did it once, you know? It's like, I should be happy with that, you know what I mean? And I and I view it that, and I would personally view it that with Wisconsin's perspective also. You know, if it's a situation of, was this supposed to happen, if that makes sense? You know, quite frankly, Georgia – gets smacked in the SEC title game and faces the same team in the national championship game, they're not supposed to win that one. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of just where it goes from there. You know, you also got to look at circumstances that happen. I don't really think they matter too much, but if Wisconsin won the Natty, I would legitimately could probably see six and six rest of my life. But but all I'm going to truly remember is just the one time that's
0: happened. Yeah. I think for for me, um, Texas. I still remember when Texas won the Rose Bowl. I have I have a Vince Young jersey in my closet right now. Um, it holds weight for a while. It still holds weight for me, but you start losing it when you're so close to winning it again, and then you lose. Then it's kind of just like okay, I it trickles down for me. It almost it, feels it,
1: like, I, it almost feels like a tease.
0: Yes, a tease. I, it, us, like Texas, um, the it, whole, it, it's it's like it's
1: it. like getting it with your girlfriend once and then she puts you on a dry spell. That's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you know, are we gonna win it this year? And then, you no, know, I remember in 2011, Colt McCoy should have beat Alabama. He gets hurt in the national championship game. We lose the whole Michael Crabtree thing when we didn't get in because he made that ridiculous play. It it holds weight, but when you get so close and then, and then you start sucking after it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this.
1: I, I will say this start in winning. terms of, in terms of Wisconsin's aspects of like not winning an natty 2011 is the first season that I truly think about because we went 10 and two that season, but we lost to Ohio state and Michigan state that season off of hail Mary plays. Like, and they were, they were on back-to-back weeks. This was, among the last years of the BCS era. And here's what really gets me. If Wisconsin does not give up those two Hail Marys, they'll be, they'd be playing LSU in that national title game, not Alabama who would go on to win that. That's, a, that's one thing. Uh, 2017, I believe it was, we go undefeated the whole season, 12-0. We lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. But it's, you know, fourth down play. I don't, I don't really want to blame a P.I., but a P.I. didn't get called. And we play in the Orange Bowl, but that's still among the biggest wins in program history. And even winning that Orange Bowl was still a massive, massive deal because they were projected to go 6-6 six and six that season. And two years ago, before we played Oregon in the Rose Bowl, I, I heard, you know, we blew a mat. We blew like a two touchdown lead to Ohio State at halftime and the Big Ten title game. I heard whispers that even though we lost to Illinois earlier that season, if they would have beaten Ohio State, they would have been selected for the playoff. And when I heard that, I was like, why did you have to pull that lead?
0: Yeah, I think it's different. Um, you know, I kind of. Andrew, I think it's kind of like with your Packers, you know, y'all won in with 2010, and then it's just, you know, embarrassment. That's the, that's, that's the definition of a tease right there. That's Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm, I see. But you, at it, the same time, I feel like, um Brian, I think you're a Spurs fan, right? Yeah. Yes?
1: Yeah.
0: And Andrew? I'm a Spurs fan, too. Of course. Just making sure you're still with us, you know. <laughs> of course. But yeah, but, like, with the Spurs, you know, when they won – in 2014 yeah great right but they haven't really teased me since then so it's kind well, of
1: like 2015-16 that was when we broke the record for best home court uh record in a regular season uh that was
2: yeah it was in 2016 40. we were 40-1 and one. yeah yeah exactly yeah, well,
0: that was when Kawhi got hurt
1: right exactly yeah. fucking fucking Zaza yeah and then next thing you know that completely ruined the space-time continuum
0: exactly but like I'm 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 still like I'm still fine from that. It's just yeah, when I get teased, is when it's like okay. Uh,
1: well, it's not just the 2014. It was like you could also say the fact that you were part of a dynasty back then too. and when you have and when you have that <laughs> dynasty, no one could ever take it away from you. Like okay, like here's a, like here, let's go on the flip side of the coin. Let's compare it to other things. If you know, Patriots fans are obviously pissed off at Tom Brady because he didn't mention him directly in those eight Instagram slides. But if a Patriots fan that lived through all those dynasty years, if they never witnessed another Super Bowl victory, they probably won't care, because they witnessed this. They witnessed one of the greatest storylines of all time.
2: Yeah. Uh, last point here. I know we're kind of we're kind of we're kind of getting a little off topic here. That's my bad. I, I wanted to ask that question, but uh, last point here. I was talking to an Alabama fan the other night. Um, I ran into him. Um, you know, on the street, and he was wearing his, his Alabama hat and whatever, and I was kind of talking to him a little bit because I was wearing my Georgia shirt. And uh, I asked him, like, like honestly, like, do these losses even hurt anymore because, you know, you have you win so many? Um, and he's like, obviously, you want to win, but, like, you know, honestly, no. Like, it really doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't feel – it doesn't hurt as much. Um, and, you know, knowing that Georgia hadn't won one in 41 years, like, I, I wasn't mad losing to Georgia. Like, I was glad – I was happy to see them win. It's kind of like okay, yeah, like we'll give you one, um, but he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I know we'll be back next year. I know we have, you know, Bryce Young and everything. Like, I'm not worried about it. He's, you know, we'll we'll be back next year anyway. So, like, damn, like that's I want to be like that. Like, that's
1: freaking crazy. Yeah, but that's a good guy
0: because I know my rival team. They can never win a game, and I wouldn't lose any sleep. <laughs> they never win a game ever.
1: Yeah. No, I, I will say this. Um, my girlfriend is actually – my girlfriend's father is actually an AM grad. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. I actually get along with him, surprisingly. Uh, she told me that after the game was over that he did not want to talk to anybody. Like, and when I mean anybody, she told me that he didn't even want to look at his own wife.
0: I'm like, come on. After man, like, what game?
1: After after this national title game. Like but after
0: he's, a, he's, he's an AM Alabama, guy?
1: No, Alabama guy.
0: Oh, Alabama I yeah. uh, okay.
1: might have accidentally. But no, he was an but no, his uh he's an Alabama grad. Yeah, I think I did say it. But uh yeah, he's an Alabama grad and after they lost to to Georgia in the title game, you know, my girlfriend just told me like my mom told my mom told me that he wouldn't even look at her after the game. <laughs> And like I, I was even nice enough to be like, listen, he knows that I view things from a neutral point of view. As a psychologist, you're supposed to give things from a neutral point of view. And then she told me, like, yeah, don't do that because he did not want to hear a neutral point of view. He wanted to be told like everything was gonna be okay and all that. But that's but but I think the biggest thing why I think Alabama fans would be okay with this specific loss compared to other ones is the fact that it's Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart's been a – he was an Alabama coordinator for a really long time. So at least an Alabama fan can look at Kirby and be like, he's technically one of our own, you know, from the from the Saban tree. its I also find it absolutely hilarious that Saban has never lost to any assistant prior to this season. But all of a sudden he lost to two of them, and they were his only two losses. Both Jimbo and Kirby. That honestly feels like dark poetry, to be honest.
2: Once it happens, it's like it's it's at that point it doesn't matter anymore. Like that so, narrative feels.
1: So yeah, it, it really is. I mean, so now that it's happened twice in one season, does any assistant that leaves Saban's staff?
0: Steve Sarkeesian, go ahead and say it. Sure um
1: (laughs) any 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 former alabama assistant that was coached under saban whenever they take a head coaching gig do they automatically feel like they're in a secure spot excuse me maybe not necessarily secure but but they can finally go into it thinking themselves okay we ain't got to worry about this no more
2: oh for sure yeah Yeah. it's definitely yeah like 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 you can
1: like you cannot put this tag on us like no, we do not have to watch this in the, in any media speculation anymore. It's done, dusted, over. We're, yeah. we're never listening to it again.
2: It bleeds. It bleeds now. They can't. You can beat. You can beat them.
1: Shout out, Jimbo. You were you were absolutely mediocre this season, but you have broken a curse that will stand for the mm-hmm. test of time. Yeah. Shout out him. I didn't need it week
0: two. So good job, Jimbo. All
1: right, guys. This was a, this was a fun, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was yeah. a good
2: time. Good time. Good conversations. Uh great,
1: great, great football talk. But great uh microphone mishaps.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great. Sorry, my roommate's bad at 2K. <laughs> I'll talk you, can't, to you
1: can't take it.
2: You can't take <laughs> yourself too seriously. Then you won't have any fun. But this was fun.
1: All right, y'all. If you if y'all stuck through this entire buffoonery, if you stuck through this blooper, if you stuck through everything just thank you so much uh don't forget to hit the like if you're watching this on youtube don't forget to hit the subscribe if you're on apple spotify youtube again whatever you're at feel free to drop a comment and we'll see you guys next time